Well, welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I'm the host of the show today. And we are going to switch it up a little bit today. Instead of having an uh, interview and a special guest, uh, what we're going to do is talk through one of our connecting practices that uh, comes from our ETC Parent Trainer curriculum. And so uh, today we're going to talk through that with Mo and Tana Ottinger. Periodically on the show, you will notice us having uh, the title Connecting Practice and one of those different practices that we uh, teach through the Parent Trainer curriculum. And so we hope you do enjoy it today. Uh, please join us now as we talk about how to catch it low. Well, we're back with Mo and Tana Ottinger, and uh, today as we're talking through a guiding principle, uh, a connecting principle of um, the ETC parent trainer content, um, we want to talk about um, what we like to call catching it low. And so Mo and Tana are here with us, and um, obviously as, as parents and caregivers, we spend a good amount of our time just correcting our children's behavior, but um, one of the things that we would like to assert or propose or, um, or just keep in the front of our minds um, as we parent in this different way is... Uh, the idea that the most important task of parenthood we can have is building a strong foundation of trust and secure attachment. And so um, <laughs> though we know we need to do that, um, oftentimes when uh, things start to erupt in our kids, uh, we very quickly revert back to correcting based, uh, quick addressing uh, behavior, and then it doesn't actually uh, pan out the way <laughs> we want it to. So what do we need to do uh, when we see that we're having to correct behavior all the time? What are some different tactics that we can do, uh, we can use to begin to uh, help them um, to regulate? And so, uh, Mo and Tana, let's, why don't we start talking about this? Um, Tana, do you want to introduce kind of the idea of catching it low and where that came from? Yeah, absolutely. So, as you said, JD, one of the things when we think about, of course, we have to address behavior. Like if our children are doing an unwanted behavior, it goes without saying that we need to correct behavior. So I'll say really quick as a quick caveat, sometimes attachment parenting gets this sort of bad rap that it's super permissive. And I think I want to make sure as we're addressing this topic specifically that we actually, that is foundationally and fundamentally what we believe. We do believe that behavior needs to be corrected it's more about how do you correct the behavior and about building a strong foundation of attachment, like you said, and trust so that when you are correcting behavior, not only do you stay connected, but you can actually build a stronger connection with your children while correcting behavior. And that, I mean, that feels kind of like maybe one of those pie in the sky ideas because I think we're so used to um, sort of doing either or. We're either nurturing them and providing like all this tender nurture care. We, we build that up to look one way or we are fussing at them and correcting them and, you know, getting them to sort of move on to whatever it is that we need them to do. And we want to propose that there's actually a way to sort of take a beat, slow down, and actually celebrate your children and see them. So um, the Dan Siegel and Tina Prane Bryson talk about in a number of their books, this idea of helping our children feel seen, safe, soothed, and secure. So we believe fundamentally at EPC that you can help our children feel seen, safe, soothed, and secure while correcting behavior. Yeah. And one of the best connecting practices that we can talk about 
is this idea of catching a low. And so coming at a behavior before the child is really dysregulated, um, thinking about how do we address the behavior before it escalates? How do we address the behavior without escalating the behavior? Because we all know that we can do that. So tell me, tell me with um, Dr. Siegel and and um, Tina Payne Bryson, like the scene safe, soothed, and secured. Like what are I like it that it's four S's in it, but what what does that mean? Yeah. So when you think about seeing, (laughs) it's that our children feel known and celebrated and cherished, that their personhood and their identity and who they are is both respected and seen. That's how I interpret that. Like Mm -hmm. I want each one of our children to feel really individually known. The core of who they are is Mm -hmm. known to us, which takes this curious parenting is like being a student of your parent and understanding how, I mean, of your child. Yeah. Yes. A student of your child and knowing like what they need. That's one thing. And then safe. that's the whole idea of like being safe versus feeling safe. Yeah. And a lot of children experience, especially those that have experienced multiple placements or trauma or adversity or adverse experiences, they might physically be safe, but they might not emotionally feel safe, Mm -hmm. both in place and relationship. Mm -hmm. So my child might, might, for example, you know, be nervous at night because there's something that feels scary to them about the place that they are in. Yeah. But if they feel safe in relationship with me, then I can meet that need for felt safety in my relationship with them. On the flip side, because sometimes we've parented maybe in ways that don't build trust, unfortunately, some of our children might not feel emotionally safe in relationship with their primary Mm -hmm. caregiver or parent because of any number of factors. So there's the seen, there's the safe, the soothed is is how as a parent or caregiver, we regulate them, we Mm co-regulate. And so we sort of stand under this idea that there really is kind of no such thing as self-regulation, that it's only co-regulation mimicked when that primary co-regulator is no longer there, that they have learned to regulate themselves, if you will, even by mirroring how they were regulated when they were in need of regulation. And so that is soothed. How can my presence, my personhood, my actions, my practices as a parent Mm -hmm. soothe my child's emotions and neurobiology and, you know, Mm -hmm. their stress response. So how can I soothe them? So when we're talking catching it low, we're, we're coming in saying, we're going to, we're going to help regulate them. We're going to co-regulate. Yeah. Maybe before, and hopefully before the behavior gets too escalated. Right. So catch it low means be aware of the signs, if you will, of Mm -hmm. what could be going on Mm -hmm. within any given moment with your kiddo. I mean, maybe Mo, you could talk about the idea of like when a kid's lid is flipped, like what does it mean for them to have their lid flipped? Yeah. That they, they've, they're not regulated (laughs) that they don't have the ability (laughs) to regulate that they can't. I mean, um, we've got a, we've got a, you know, always when we talk about the brain, we talk about that, that lower level, uh, that first floor, and then we've, we've got access to kind of that logic brain up there. But when they flip their lid, that baby gate to the stairs is closed. And so um, the amygdala that, mm-hmm. that, is, that is so hypersensitive to all things and, and, and 
um, we as parents have got to help that baby gate open so that they can um, regulate. And so we've got to, we've got to be able to catching it low is we're going to help them keep that baby gate open. So yeah. That, so they can use their whole brain. That's right. right? That's so, right. So often when they've lost, when they aren't regulated, um, we've really, we're, we're asking an impossible task of them right. to regulate themselves. Yeah. Um, well, and let's talk about that for a second, because I think, so, you know, folks who are listening or tuning into this are going to have kids uh, under their care in all different age ranges, right? So like that, that principle looks completely different for our three-year-old than it is for our 10-year-old. So before we start recording, uh, the youngest one is, you know, just wanting to watch a movie. And on the surface, it's like, I'm just going to turn the movie on and then just be quiet and get out of the, like, keep, let your brothers and sisters finish their school <laughs> for the love. And in reality, she's not been sleeping well. She is dog tired. And because she's tired, she only wants certain things to eat. And those things are not good for her. So now she's just got a bunch of junk in her system too. <laughs> so she was already just kind of that like tea kettle, like getting ready to blow. And so one of the kids came in, tried to be silly with her and she just erupted. And so seeing that, I, her behavior to her sister was wrong, but that wasn't at all about the sister. That was just that she got set off because she was already in a crazy place. So when I saw that lid flipping, now I know when I go in there, if I want, if I want the, cause ultimately like, I, I think, yes, I want to do what's right. Sometimes selfish as a parent, I got to still think about the most effective and the quickest play, the quickest path to peace. Right. So like, if I want to get back to peaceful for her and help her to feel regulated, help the sister not feel so, you know, hurt feelings or whatever. And I also want to get back to a place where, uh, where I can go back to do my work, right? Then the fastest way is for me to realize what the actual need is and address that. And then as we settle down, it's a very quick, hey, when you get mad, don't hit your sister. You know that. Uh, let's go say sorry to her. Okay, great. And, it, and, and that way we're all back. Repair. Instead of I'm like, that's it. You go apologize right now. That was wrong. You know, then we're dealing with this for hours, you know? Um, and so I think, would you talk a little bit more about the, the, when it comes to like how to kind of spot that uh, for people who are just starting to look for these things, what are some of those, some of those little like proprioceptive or the, uh, some of the little things we can look at and notice a, a lid flipped and maybe what are some of the like triage first aid type uh, questions to ask your kids? Well, I would love to say that I was just great at this. Um, but the, <laughs> the, the, the first place we've got to do is we've got to, we've got to stop and we've got to notice what's going on. I mean, you, you just oh, said it good. like you have, you have been the investigator of what's happening. You have said, man, she didn't sleep well last night man, she's got four Twinkies that she's eaten. <laughs> you know, she's got all the sugar, all those. So like you, you are investigating what is happening with her. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to be a, we've got to be a student of our kids. And first that means we've got to be able to stop and notice what's happening, the details, because fundamentally I think kids will do well when they can. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so in some regards, um, for you to get, if you, if you were able to get, frustrated with your little one, right? Like you, she's kind of in a spot where she can't do well, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like she's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a dog, you JD, on, like, <laughs> hey, she, she, didn't, she went to bed really late last night and she ate a bunch of sugar, right? So really <laughs> for her to be successful to do, today, successful today is like, you know, she's starting behind the eight ball yeah. today, right? And so, um, 
one, just we want to put them in a place where they can succeed. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be able to notice, you said it, what, what, what is that need behind the behavior? What can I be attuned to? Um, and, you know, what are they feeling? What, all those things. I mean, it all, it all comes into, it all comes into play. And then we've got to figure out, all right, like you're doing right now, right? Like, all right, how am I going to move forward with this child? Like, yeah. what is, what is our best plan forward? Because ultimately, again, what is the goal of our relationship with our children? It's about connection. And so how am I going to move forward without breaking down connection, hurting yeah. that relationship? Um, and then I've got to figure out the path forward. And then one, I've got to be able to be intentional with that. I've got to be thoughtful with that. And then I've got to respond accordingly. And that, that kind of leads into, mm-hmm. you know, um, what we would say kind of breaking down level one engagement. Yeah. 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 So, so I- you know, I think about your question of like, what are some of the the signs, if you will, of a potential escalation? Like when a child might become dysregulated, not de-escalation, dysregulation. We actually wanted to de-escalate. <laughs> what would be some of the signs of a um, a child that is becoming dysregulated? Yeah, and. I, I really wish, even for my own parental benefit, that I could give you the top five signs. <laughs> but uh, alas, yeah. they are so uniquely different for mm-hmm. every particular individual. Um, I, I mean, I think there are some things you could pay attention to. I mean, your body gives you away a lot. So, you know, clenched fists, stomping feet might be a, a sign. Um, a rapid heart rate. Like if you can just tell that they're getting worked up, that might be one thing for one particular kind of person. Another one might be a child that that flees away from you. Like if y'all, if they were in your presence and they're, you know, hitting the door and they're off to try to flee away, that would be obviously a sign of stress. If you've got a kiddo that, you know, suddenly their, their affect is really flat and they're no longer sort of able to talk and you're becoming like this big investigator. That would be a sign of a child that might have a freeze response. So I think it's really about learning your child's cues. Yeah. Now, some kids, when I think, when I think a, a good bit about dysregulation, I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk about how we, we talk a lot about, well, it just went from like zero to 60 and I didn't even know it was coming. Like things were fine. Right. And things weren't fine. I right, mean, right, right, you right. can be the most intentional, most seasoned parent, and that's going to catch us off guard. And so I want to be really careful to, like, make us as parents feel too much guilt or shame for not seeing it low. Sometimes we can, and we want to yeah. seize moments when we can. Right. Sometimes we simply can't catch a low. Mm-hmm. things were fine things are no longer fine and it's a half a hot millisecond completely catches you off guard mm-hmm. and you're left puzzled you know on how to then move forward with the behavior mm-hmm. so I think for me it's like well if I can catch it low I want to try to because I know I'm not always going to be able to yeah and then how can I move into the catching at low moments so I think about this, for example, and we have two eight-year-olds and the majority of our family right now is virtual schooling. And so we can do everything I possibly can to set us up for success. I have this really beautiful 
schedule and a routine and a ritual and transitions and rhythms. And we, this is like our fourth week. They know what to expect. I mean, I've done everything I can to set us up for success. And one day it can go beautifully well. And the next morning it just is falling apart. And, and I, and when I say falling apart, it just, they're bouncing off the walls. They can't sit still. They can't focus. They're nitpicking at each other. You know, we maybe were having some meltdowns or some tears. Suddenly math is, you know, the worst thing ever. And yesterday we were soaring through it. I mean, it just, something about today is not going the same as yesterday. And it puzzles us as parents. So I, the only thing I know to do is step into that moment and think, we need, I need to shift gears right here. I need to catch this moment low because it hasn't escalated significantly. We just aren't in a good rhythm. Yeah. So how do I catch it low? I hit pause and think, well, we were inside most of the day yesterday. Yesterday went great, but we were inside most of the day. Maybe they were, you know, JD, as you said earlier, maybe we got to bed a little late last night. Yeah. Maybe I look at the clock and we're a little past when we normally would eat and they have the wiggles. Why do they must have a need that needs to be met to go use their bodies. Mm-hmm. So I have, that's me noticing. So we think about noticing Then I have a choice to make. I can either, unfortunately, this does happen often, start fussing at them. You know, right. I can fuss at them to change their behavior. Mm-hmm. Or I can, as the parent, step back and say, if I take a beat, take a minute and actually meet their obvious physical need. If I would just pay attention to what's going on with like a different part of my brain, not my reaction brain, but my curious thinking, then I'm going to go get them outside to play for a little bit. Yeah, We're going to go jump on the trampoline or we're going to go for a walk or we're going to, even if we can't go outside, I mean, we can jump rope or we can put go noodle on. Like we're going to get the thing out of our body that's causing them. Yeah to not be able, quote unquote, in my mind, that's how I see it, be able or do what they should be doing. Right. Like I, I we you, did yesterday. Well, I heard you the other day too, like you were still doing school. It was raining. You couldn't go outside, but you know, you're, we're in a two-story house. So like you had, um, you were, all right, we're going to talk about descending numbers and oh, you're, that is you're, true. you're having them hop down the steps oh, and awesome. hop up the steps. Yeah. And I knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> like, like, there was nothing about teaching them math in that, no, in that no. moment. No, no. It was all about let's, they need to use their body. And yeah. Be, to be because submitted. if they don't use their body, I will lose my mind. That's right. Like, it, it was <laughs> completely right. self-serving. I mean, I wish right. I could say it was all child focused, but it was definitely a self-preservation moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and let's talk anyway. about that because I think that that, that's something that is, uh, it, it's hard to break the habit of feeling guilty doing that. I feel like I, I, I need a minute of a break too, because I see where we're going with this. And then I start to think in the future and parent in the future. And like, I'm already getting mad about a meltdown that hasn't happened yet. So if I can get out of my mold for a second and get out of the structure of the day for a second and take five minutes now, I'm going to save three hours later of frustration. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to, so one, you know, and I would love for y'all's perspective because we've we've got a, a pretty decent age gap between our youngest and our our oldest three are all right together, and then we have our youngest one. For two of mine in particular, I have had to start getting really good at catching it low. Elizabeth was out of town for a couple of days, and I don't do well once lids are flipped. And and I once we get into into that place of where I'm having to use the you know level four and five engagement, I, I'm I'm not I'm not good in those um, practices very very well yet. So with the I am getting better and better at the level one engagement. And so one of the things, you know, big wins we had this weekend was, you know, 
one is really mad at the others and not um, not happy that they never get to have friends. Everybody else does. And so, uh, which, you know, that's not true. But um, so before I catch myself getting mad about that and starting to like engage and jump on the roller coaster with them, I just, you know, hear them out for a few minutes and, and talk and then um, say, hey, have you had any gummy snacks today? And this, this kid loves gummy snacks. And so uh, I like gave two packs of gummy snacks where I should have only given one. And then before I know it, like that, that quick interruption of like us jumping on the path, like allowed it to just like fall back away for, I mean, it was almost like watching the kids' eyes roll back into their head, back in, like watching them come back to themselves. Um, and, and we were able to talk about it and, and it wasn't an issue at all. Whereas where we were headed mm-hmm. was for a knockdown drag out about, you know, Friends well, I think up. what you, what you, I mean, you started with a place of empathy and kindness, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you, you, you heard him and yeah. you empathized with him and you, you allowed him to share his feelings and you didn't try, you weren't dismissive. Like, yeah, like you didn't say, man, that's not true. You know, <laughs> you got, duh, 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 you know, you, and let's move on. Like you right. were, you said you took five minutes and you, you heard him. And you were empathetic and kind, and and from there, you know, it's it's it, you made the experience positive. Yeah. And one and once it's positive, and they felt, you know, they're seen, they're heard, all those right. things. Right. And then you know, you give them gummy bears. You know, like it's <laughs> you read. You were able to. You were able to redirect. You were able to yeah. move it. You were mm-hmm. able to 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 go in a different direction. And so, like I think. Um, and then you could get playful or you could do all those things. And so I think like when we talk about level one engagement, we always say level engagement, you know, catching it low is, is playful engagement. And, and I think so often that for me, it was, you know, my play style, right? Like how I want to play is going to be rough and tumble. And, and that you even said like that triggers some of, some of your kids, it triggers our kids. And so I think the first thing, just stopping and just being empathetic and kind yeah. and hearing them instead of just, woohoo, man, I'm going to be playful and make a fun, like you right. can set, you set some kids off. Like yeah. I can do that with one of my six kids. And so I have, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll just say early on in parenting when I heard, oh, uh, level one, I've got to be playful. Well, let's come on. Let's just be <laughs> all this. And I think we got to stop and I mean, JD is a great example. You just got to be empathetic and kind, yeah, um, positive. And yeah, yeah. I, when I think about playful engagement, I think sometimes, like for me, I, I reframe that a tiny bit with positive engagement mm-hmm. and, yeah. and kind engagement. And kind meaning that for some of it, it's about a mentality. It's like I have to be really cognizant that I am not assuming that whatever dysregulations happening is within their control. So we talk a good bit yeah. about empowered and empowered to connect about like willful be, you know, willful disobedience versus, you know, strategies and survival strategies. So mm-hmm. again, children do well when they can. Right. And so if to sort of hark back to my example of the, you know, our kids that were cooped up too long, you know, if they could have sat still, they would have been sitting still their mm-hmm. bodies needed to do something. And so, I needed to meet that need. And so for me, it was playful that like, I wasn't silly. I think sometimes we think playful means silly Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always mean silly. Right. I didn't respond to them in a silly way. 
I used a vehicle of something that was enjoying to them, like in a, a, something that they would enjoy as a way to engage them playfully. So we needed to get this little bit of math done, but I included some body movements and that kind of thing. And yeah. so I, I want to think about like catching it low. Is that love a one playful engagement, but doing so with positivity and kindness and empathy. Dr. Purvis used to talk about not pulling a nap with an elephant mm-hmm. gun. Yeah. And so when we start seeing some signs that things aren't quote unquote going so well, what are some strategies and ways that we can engage our children playfully, thoughtfully, kindly, empathetically that, that don't, escalate it. We don't want to come in too big, too strong, too loud in a way that causes the behavior to disrupt and, you know, puts us in a place like JD said, where things aren't necessarily going the way that we would hope they would go. So let me just throw this out because here's the reality too, is that, um, yeah, we're going to catch it low and it's always going to work great. (laughs) Right. And, and so, um, we, we like, <laughs> you know, when I said earlier, Hey, we're going to, we're going to stop. We're going to notice, we're going to be attuned. We're going to come up with a way to move forward with our child. Hopefully we're going to get the desired behavior, behavior yeah. that we want. Yeah. And we're going to do that still fully connected. The reality is <laughs> we don't, we, we hopefully get there, but sometimes we don't. Yeah. So let's like, Let's talk about that. Like, like, again, man, we've done it. They need the wiggles. All right, let's go jump down the stairs. And that just escalates. And they get to the bottom of the stairs and have a bell down. That's right. That's right. Or one pushes the other one down the stairs and says, see, they're (laughs) jumping down the stairs. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, I think that's a good question because I think this harks back to, um, you know, what JD started us at at the beginning, which is what's the ultimate goal. And, and I do think we can fall, all of us, and there's good reason we would fall into the trap, that the goal is to stop the behavior. Yeah. So if you assess the attempt to use this catch-up principle, this, this connecting practice of catch low, and it doesn't stop the behavior, then there is the ability to think that that practice doesn't work and that, right. that it failed and the engagement right. was right. a failed attempt. And this is, you know, I'm going to stop doing this. This doesn't work for my kid. I, I would, you know, encourage myself included just to, again, take a beat and stop and think, well, when I did that practice, were we connected? Even if it didn't work for them, like even if they continued to struggle or the behavior escalated, was I calm? Did they feel seen? Did they feel safe? Was I attempting to soothe them? Do they know that I love them? Was I present? If so, then that's successful. Can I step away from, even if it escalated up and we needed to use some of our higher level strategies, can I step away and go, well, I I learned something about them. I tried to be playful and it didn't work. So I now know something more about my child. Okay, well then in that way it was successful. Right. And yeah. then the next time they come to me that way, I'm going to not be silly. I'm going to be empathetic. Right. And so in that way, still, again, I would say that the attempt to catch it low isn't a quote unquote failed attempt, even if it didn't produce 
a changed behavior immediately. Because again, we're human beings and these are tools and strategies. It's not a formula. I wish that A plus B always equaled C, but it just simply doesn't. But that doesn't mean that I can't practice kind, empathetic, connection-based engagement that attempts to engage my child at the lowest level of redirection necessary. Yeah, and I know? think, and I think, you know, as we kind of start to wrap up here, uh, the the biggest principle remains that like we are not parenting math equations, and so we can't we, yeah. we can't just right. figure out the the key for every situation. That like, oh, that's right, I forgot to I said and instead of like. I should have like, you know, there are going to be times where we do everything right according to the way we're wanting to engage. And then they still blow right past that. The same way that like, uh, so my brother uh, was a firefighter for years. And, um, and you know, he says sometimes if you go to a small, what looks like a small fire and you treat it as if you're dealing with a small mm-hmm. fire and something just happens in an unpredictable way. And all of a sudden it ex- hits a gas line or whatever, and it explodes. And so in the same way, like we, we still don't want to bring the full fire hose to a match but also sometimes before we can stop it, that match does get to the gas tank. And so, so for us, I think we've remembering that not everything's going to work perfectly every time. What each interaction does offer us is a chance to learn from them, to kind of follow that away in the bank. And those kind, positive, empathetic interactions with them are never going to return void, I think. I think as we grow older, our, our kids are not going to grow up going, as, as friends are sharing stories about, oh, one time, you know, my, my dad got so mad, he did, th-. our kids can think back and go, man, our parents, for the most part, were pretty empathetic and kind when they engaged with us. Like, and we, so it's, again, building that partnership of decision-making and regulating and all of that. And, and that, it's not lost if that if that interaction leads to a giant meltdown because we still can keep our kind of relational building blocks in place with them, um, having engaged the right way, right? Um, and it just gives us some tips to next time engage in a, maybe a, a better manner. So, um, well, any, anything, any other notes on this before we before we close out for the day? Any any other last thoughts? I mean, I, I would just hark back to the constant student and curious space. Um, and what a gift that is. Yeah. A gift yeah. to be a student of your children and a gift to be a student of yourself, to, yeah. to ask those questions, which, you know, Tom and I had a, a conversation this mm-hmm. week on, an, on, in, in regards to our marriage. <laughs> and, and it was like, I, I need to be, I need to, slow down and ask questions about myself so I can be a better husband. And, and that's the journey that that's this beautiful place. Our kids invite us into in parenting is we get to ask these questions so that we can be um, more loving, empathetic parents that, mm-hmm. that can connect with our kids. Yeah. That's really, really good. Thank y'all so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Well, big thanks to Mo and Tana Ottinger for joining us on the show again today. And again, if you enjoyed what we talked about today that did come to us from the parent trainer curriculum that ETC offers, um, that was how my wife and I first connected with ETC years ago. And uh, if you are in a spot where you really could use somebody to connect to, uh, to talk about um, what's going on in your life, uh, in parenting, caregiving, all of that, or if you want to find out if there's an ETC parent trainer course 
being offered nearby. Uh, some of those are happening via Zoom this fall. Some of them are happening um, in person based on whatever the regulations are. Uh, but we literally have trainers around the world. Uh, so whether you're in Fort St. John, Canada, or Douglasdale, South Africa, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Hawaii, Fresno, California, wherever you might be, uh, chances are there is probably an ETC trainer not too far from you. Uh, and if you're listening to this today and, and you have an interest in becoming an ETC trainer uh, and being able to be part of the parent training team here at Empowered to Connect, uh, there is also a link on our website for you to fill out an interest form for that. Uh, and so obviously during covid um, that process of both training and uh, offering the parent trainer courses is going to look a little bit different than it usually does. But uh, please jump on the website, find a trainer nearby, and you can correspond with them directly about what's going on uh, in your particular area. Uh, big thanks to Kyle Wright, who engineers and edits our show every week. Big thanks to Tad Jewett, uh, who composed all the music for us. And again, thanks to Mo and Tana for joining us today. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed it, and we hope to see you again on the Empowered to Connect podcast. Thank you.